If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to One on One with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. So today is truly one of the great days of the year. Opening day here in the city of Philadelphia. And for the first time, we're really taking this show on the road. And uh, Brian, what's happening? What's up, Jay? I'm down here along Citizens Bank Way on the third base side of Citizens Bank Park. I got to tell you, Jay, I'm getting a little bit emotional. I'm getting the feelings. I forgot how awesome it is to not just be down at the yard on opening day, see the families, the fans, all the people gathering. But there's excitement, man. Listen, opening day is always great. But when you have a team that's worth getting excited about, it takes it to a whole different level. I I can say that I am honestly jealous of you right now being down there at that stadium. You can't see. You may not be able to see him. We don't know what you're able to see right now. But he's sitting here in this tent right in front of the Philly store at Citizens Bank Park getting ready for opening day as the Phillies open the 2022 season against the Oakland Athletics. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. And we will be talking all things opening day, the vibes, the tradition, the, the hopes. Hope springs eternal when baseball season begins to hit. And it seems like they're actually legitimate for the Phillies as well this year because for the first time in a decade, they seem to have a legitimate shot at actually getting to the postseason. It is mash and smash time, Jay Scott Smith. That seems to be the identity of this Phillies team this year with some of the additions they made in the offseason. Do you have a favorite opening day memory or baseball memory going to games? I know you're a huge fan. The city that I come from is also very well known for having some massive opening days. Tiger Stadium in Detroit was so big for opening day. Some of the things I just remember is being the opening days where it was super cold outside, but you didn't care. I grew up loving baseball. I've grown to really embrace the Phillies vibe and everybody here. I liked the Phillies as a kid anyway because I liked the uniforms and I liked Mike Schmidt. So it made it real easy for me to kind of come out here and get into this. For you, Brian, what about you? You grew up here and I know how big the Phillies and how big opening day is in this city as well. Yeah, I was trying to think about it. I think I've been to one opening day and it was 1994, the year after the Phillies went to the World Series and lost in 1993. But my dad took me out of elementary school. I think I was going into fourth grade. I believe it was a surprise. I'm sorry, Dad, Mom, that I don't remember if it was a surprise or not. But I think I was surprised. I was like called down to the principal's office. And then it was like, oh, time to go to the baseball game. And those feelings and thoughts and memories, they really come flooding back. I took the Broad Street Line, Jay, today from Fern Rock. So I took it from the start to the end. You know, it's like the roar of the subway, the roar of the crowd. All these memories come flooding back. And for as much as opening day is about baseball, it's also about the sights, the sounds, seeing families moms and their daughters, dads and sons and daughters, multi-generations, all that stuff. So what I wanted to do today was get a sense of the populace, talk to some of the people, and here are some of the sounds that I got while walking around the grounds at the sports complex earlier today. I am making my way over to the corner of 11th and Patterson. There is a steady line of cars getting ready to get into K-Lot. I'd say about 20 cars deep. They want prime real estate. How long have you been doing this for? Oh, God, what, Denny? Uh, over 20 years? I Almost 25? Yeah, we're, we're here every year for tailgating and everything before the games, but the problem is last year with COVID, we couldn't do it. 
And so this year we're like all worked up, ready to go and everything like that. So do you think there's like, I mean, obviously we're all here because people love the Phillies and you're out here to watch a game, but is there something like beyond like it being a sporting event? Like what does opening day represent? Uh, kind of like camaraderie. I mean, you know, the political environment the last couple of years, there's been a lot of hatred and everything like that from one side to the other side. And we don't really get involved with that. We come down here and we don't care who you are. I'll feed anybody. I'll talk to anybody. We'll, we'll pal around with anybody. We high five with everybody in the stadium. So it's more like, like I said, like camaraderie. You know what I mean? We're all just getting along and we need more of this. I'm back in front of the third base gate, and there's a dad and his younger daughter hanging out in front of the old Veterans Stadium Liberty Bell that's on display right there. Where are you supposed to be today, Perry? Um, at opening day at the Philly Stadium. Exactly, exactly. Dad, what's this like for you being able to bring uh, her here today? Uh, it's awesome, especially after everything that's happened over the last couple of years. Um, she's been looking forward to it since Christmas Day when she got the tickets. And she's excited to be right behind Bryce Harper today out in uh, right field. So um, she's been looking forward to it. She's been watching YouTube videos. And uh, she probably can name the entire lineup more than I can, which is awesome. So, so you're going to be out in right field. I see you've got a sign. Can you tell me what your sign says? It says, welcome back, MV3 and the Phillies. Do you remember what your reaction was when you found out that you had these tickets on Christmas and you opened them up? Um, I started running around the whole house screaming because I was so happy I actually got to go to my very first opening day. So cool. And did you tell your friends, your teachers, that you were doing this? Yeah, all week. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> they were like, you're missing school? But you're going to a Phillies game and you're missing school? Lucky you, right? Good dad, right? Yeah. All right. Making my way east on Patterson up to Darien. And M-Lot walking through the parking lot, a lot of flags flying, cornhole, people are out and about. And this is where I meet John. What number opening day is this for you? So I've been living on live 13 years. Really? Yeah, my grandpa had tickets. He passed them to my dad. And now it's up to me now. Like, now we got to buy it. So it's like, I've been at the opening day since the vet. Get out of here. I, so, dude, I, this is a family. This yeah. runs deep, doesn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Running the family. Like, this is a tradition that I try to keep alive with my son. Well, my son is three. So next year, he'll be at the open today, too. What's on the menu for today's tailgate? Do you have a menu? Yeah, we got tea lights, glizzies, ultra. We got high noons, some high noons. We out here. We out here. It's time now to make the walk along Darien to the ultimate tailgating destination down here at the sports complex, and that, of course, would be Jet Row. I run into Mark, who helps manage the parking lot. How long have you been working in Jet Row for? So I was 10 years old. Get out of here. How did you years. start? 30 years. That's family business. So when you were 10, what were you doing around here? Waving a flag. <laughs> what do you love about being able to interact with Philadelphia sports fans? Uh, I just love the whole thing. I've been since, like I said, I've been there since I was 10. I've, I... I've seen everything. Some things I can't mention on uh, on the, well, you know, on the radio. It's, I've seen it all. You know, good, bad. Uh, the, I've seen it all. So it's pretty, definitely a cool experience. We've helped a lot of people. You know, some homeless people. We've given them some jobs. You know, over the years, got them in halfway houses, cleaned them up. And now they're they have their own homes and they're working for the city. 
Um, we've done a lot of good things. You know, people just think we come down here and make make money. They think we make a lot of money. We 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 you know it's a business, but we do more than just come down here and, and work. We're uh, me and my guys. We definitely uh, have helped a lot of people in, over the years since I've been here. That's probably one of my favorite things. Is guys that were living under this bridge now have houses. Um, you know, through the city of Philadelphia because they've turned their lives around. Well, Jay, there are obviously hardcore baseball fans out and about today. We also have some hardcore KYW News Radio reporters here, Tim Jimenez, Mike DiNardo. Can I get Stone Cold Lock predictions for this season? The Phillies will go to the playoffs this year. All right, I agree. Of course, that's easy to say because <laughs> of the expanded, uh, expanded wild cards. But, yes, they'll, they'll be in the playoffs this year. I like that, and uh, I don't know, a whole lot of home runs? Yeah. That's all I can say. I don't know, a whole lot of home runs. Smash and mash. We right, might guys. see some 13 to 12 games this year. Yeah, exactly. Let's bring it. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks so much. Always a Thank pleasure. You, right. Yeah, Jay, I think there could be a sports talk future for both Tim Jimenez and Mike DiNardo, two great baseball people. Some of my favorite conversations in this office have been with Mike DiNardo talking about the Phillies and talking about baseball. Amazing. So good. Philly sports fans are something else, and there's all this excitement about the Phillies. But why are so people so bullish about this Phillies team in this particular season? Our guy James Seltzer from the High Hopes podcast does have some answers to why everyone is seemingly buying in on the Phillies. We'll have that coming up next. I'm Jay. I'm Brian. And Jay, I have got a true brother from another mother. I have literally known James Seltzer from WIP before we both got into this business going back years. He is one half of the excellent duo along with Jack Fritz of 94WIP's High Hopes Phillies podcast. He was down here at Citizens Bank Park today, and he told me why I and all the rest of you Phillies fans out there should open our hearts, be vulnerable, and embrace the excitement and promise of this season. You and Jack are so deep into it and have this love. And I mean that in the most respectful and complimentary way possible. I mean, I, I follow a little more than casually. But even before we talk about what happened in the offseason, like, I felt gooder at the end of last season. I felt like there was something there. I know they missed the playoffs, but I felt like there was something moving in the right direction. And then the offseason happened, especially in the last month. And it just takes it to a whole new level. And, like, opening day is such a holy day. I think it even transcends the sports. It's just a great so day. But when you have a team that you can feel excited about, I forgot what that feels like. Me too, man. Me too. <laughs> and and I just mentioned him, but I think, I think Bryce Harper deserves a lot of credit for it. Because last season, I think all the hope we had was based on that MVP campaign. I was kind of throwing the team on his back until the last week of the season, and then they fall apart as they usually do uh but this year like and harper gets him to go out and spend some money and kind of just has added this kind of vibe to the team where it does feel like it's, it's go for it time you know and i know it kind of felt like it last year but they went over the luxury tax brian i mean this is something i never thought john middleton would do they went over the tax they went out and got schwerber and castellanos it just it does feel like a different vibe. And your point, opening day is the Hope Springs Eternal Day, right? Like, yes. it's, you come to the ballpark, there's an energy, anything can happen. It could be a magical year. And, and this year, for the first time in a really long time, being here for opening day, it's like, it's like that, but it feels different. It really does. It feels like that, that Hope Springs Eternal doesn't just feel like a, a foolish thing for us. It feels like a reality. It feels like this could finally be the year they make the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. So it's exciting. Tell me about this luxury tax thing, because 
on the surface, you have a very wealthy owner. Uh-huh. And As they all are. Of yes, course, of yes. course. So tell me about this luxury tax thing. Why now? Why did the Phillies finally decide to spend over it? And why is that, for someone who may not be in the guts of sure. baseball, why is that such a significant thing? Yeah, well, so it, it's kind of the situation they were in. Like, you don't have to go over the luxury tax to be successful. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays proved that year after year after year after year where they spend a quarter of the money of, of the Phillies or some of these other big teams and are still a 98-win baseball team every year. So if you run your team intelligently and make smart moves, you don't have to necessarily go over the luxury tax. The problem is that Matt Klentak and Andy McPhail put this team in a situation where when you looked at the roster, when you looked at the money spent, the only way they were going to be a truly, truly competitive team and have a real shot to do something was to spend over the tax. It was the only way they could with the money they've already had allotted and the roster they have. And the tax, it's funny because it's not, it's not a cap. Like there is right. no salary cap in baseball yet the billionaires who run the sport have decided that they were going to make this competitive balance tax pretty much like a hard cap. Only two teams went over it last year. It's not something that a lot of teams do, even though the the damages for going over it are not that punitive. Like It's like pocket change, if we're being honest, for these guys. But they were hesitant to go over it, and this year they finally did, and I, I think there are two reasons. One, I do think that Nick Cassianos is the type of player that made it worth it to go over it. Like, I think that Middleton really didn't want to go over the tax unless he really felt like it was the kind of thing that was going to take the team from a a potential playoff contender to a playoff team, a true blue, real deal contender. And honestly, I think Dave Dombrowski deserves a lot of credit for it too. I think bringing Dombrowski in here after the the Matt Klintak era, um, who was a young general manager, inexperienced when he came here and didn't do a great job, Dave Dombrowski is someone who's won World Series before as a general manager. He's taken other teams to the World Series. He has a long history in Major League Baseball of being an incredibly successful general manager. And I think that him having Middleton's ear and saying, hey, John, like, it's time. It's time to go over the tax. I think that his voice and his pedigree and his history in the league was the kind of thing that was able to push Middleton over the top and say, you know what? I trust you, Dave Dombrowski. I trust what you're doing here. Let's go for it. We're sitting here right outside the third base gate of the park, and I'm looking up, and we oh, have this so exciting, big, buddy. Look at this sign. I love this sign. I not know. ring the bell. Cross out ring. Smash the I bell. I love it. And, and listen, I think it might not be the most conventional style of play, perhaps, but I love the fact that the Phillies seem like they are totally leaning in to this identity. Dingers, baby. Yeah. We're going to hit dingers. <laughs> and I'm with you. Like it is, And you know what? It's one of those things that... As far as identities for baseball teams go, this is about as fun a one as you can hope for. You know, it may not work. I think it's going to work, but it may not work. But in terms of, like, you can have a great pitching and defense team and be a great baseball team and win baseball games, and that's fun because you're winning. But is it super fun to come out to the ballpark and watch your team win a 2 nothing game? Not that fun. You know, it's, it's fun if you win, but it's a lot more fun to come out and see him win 10-4 and right. hit three home runs and mash the baseball and stuff. So not only was it the smartest thing for where the team was at to kind of build it forward with the guys who were available this offseason, but more than anything, to your point, like, I think it's going to be a really fun style of baseball to watch, and the fans are going to really enjoy it, and I think it's really smart that they're leaning into it. Yeah, you know, if they fall behind 3 nothing in the first yeah, or 8 nothing in the fourth— Keep the radio on. Keep yep. the TV on. Yep. It's a great point, Brian. <laughs> You're right. Because, like, a lot of times it does feel like those games are like, all right, we're done. It's over. This team's never out of it. Like, in any spot, they're always going to have guys coming up to the plate who can get you a home run when you need it, who can get on base when you need them to, who can, you know, manufacture runs, bop runs, all that stuff. So it's 
it's an exciting brand of baseball. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, man. On the uh, subway ride down, I was listening to the High Hopes season yes. preview. Fantastic. I think that it holds up uh, regardless of whenever anyone out there listens to it. So even if it's <laughs> past it out, opening yes. day, when you hear this plug, yes. check it out. Check well, it out. Well, that's the beauty of baseball yeah. is that there are so many games that the, the podcasts don't go out of style too yeah. quickly. You might miss a game or two, but generally the themes still hold. You know? That's right. Yeah, th- that's one of the beauties of there being enough games. Yes. Um, and I think you guys are talking about Harper and how Bryce could follow up last season. And do you think there's a chance he might actually have a better season this season than he yes. did last year? Which is a ridiculous thing <laughs> to say. Because obviously he won the MVP last year, so, you know, that alone. But look at his numbers. I mean, they were insane last year. I mean, he was 1,100 OPS, uh, 309 average. I mean, he was a monster and especially when you consider how no one else in the lineup was hitting and he's like not getting any pitches to hit and yet he's still fine it was like Bonzian in a way you know <laughs> to get that you get like three pitches to hit a game and you hit them all like that's super impressive and this year he doesn't have to worry about that this year he's got Cassianos behind him he's got Schwarber in front of him in the lineup he's got all these guys around him who can help pick up the slack and just the way he looks locked in right now I mean obviously a monster spring and I'm not yeah. a huge overreact to spring guy but there's something about watching these games and watching him and watching how locked in he is. He's taking the ball to the opposite field for home runs. All the type of stuff, the, the hallmarks of Bryce Harper being locked in. It really feels like he's carrying over what he did last year into this year. And and he's in the physical peak of his career. I mean, 28 years old is generally when guys have the, the best seasons of their career historically when they take that leap and he's already taken the leap obviously but yeah I, I, it is a bold thing to say that he'll be better than the MVP season he had last year but I really think he's going to be we know some of the key new additions are Schwarber and Castellanos who are some other guys that maybe the casual fan might not know about that you've got on your radar who could either have a breakout season or it's just a lovable presence to have in the club. Sure, sure. A few guys. Uh, obviously, from an offensive perspective, Bryson Stott, the rookie this year coming up, he was the 14th pick, 13th or 14th pick in the draft a few years ago, um, has just kind of rocketed through the minors. The dude just hit, had a, it batted like 480 in the spring, you know. Um, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to come up and, and hit right away. Rookies, you know, struggle. It's, it's not easy to adjust to major league pitching. I feel pretty good about his opportunity to do that, and I think he's someone who could be a Philly for a long time if he would get in on the ground floor on someone, as it were. Okay. Um, Pitching-wise, I'm really excited to see what Ranger Suarez can do this year because Ranger last year kind of had one of the most unexpected Philly seasons I remember. He went from someone who was a you know, middle reliever slash six starter guy to being the best pitcher on the team, potentially outside Zach Wheeler, like a 1-5 ERA. There's something about him, though. Like, he he's developed. He throws harder than he used to. Like, the signs are there that it's real. There's something about the way he goes about his business where he is just, like, the most ice-in-his-veins guy I remember in a long time. Like, it seems like nothing rattles the dude out there, and that's so important in this sport. Um, I'm really excited to see if last year what we saw from Ranger, that massive leap that he took, is real. And I think it's going to be. At least, you know, I don't think I'll have a 1-5 ERA, you know. That would be record-breaking. <laughs> but I do think that um, I do think that, that for the most part what we saw last year is real, and I think he's someone who could surprise a lot of people because I don't think, certainly nationally, a lot of people think it's real. One of the things I love about High Hopes, especially the season preview episode, was there is this undeniable sense of brimming optimism 
combined with a little bit of restraint, a little I bit mean, we've of been hurt are before, we ready? Brian. Exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So, is it safe for us? Can we open our hearts? Can we open ourselves <laughs> up? Can we be <laughs> Jeffrey Laurie right there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. This is the year, and and I I get it. Like it's almost like a. Uh, a Phillies PTSD we've had, yeah. you know, because it's every year we get so excited and then they just break our hearts. And really the last few years have broken our hearts in September, which is that much more frustrating and, and so much harder to ratchet it back up and believe again. But I do think that what they've done this offseason, the moves they've made, the team they put together is worth getting hurt for again. Or but I don't think we're going to get hurt, but, but at least opening yourself up to potentially get hurt for again. And I don't think they're going to hurt us. I think if nothing else, I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I don't think we're going to come out of the season feeling nearly as depressed as we have the last few years. Tremendous. If we only get that, I'll sign right now. Me too, buddy. <laughs> Me too. All right, James. Thanks so much, brother. What a seltzer and seltzer. It I was about it. damn time. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Awesome. All right, Jay. So we know James is optimistic about the Phillies. What about you? What do you think? This Phillies team, I think the thing about this team the one thing that drove me nuts about the Phillies last year was they were seemingly just good enough to have gotten into the postseason, which I know drives people crazy having seen Atlanta go off and win the world title, but their bullpen was the thing that bothered me more than anything else. I'd never seen a team throw away that many games late because of just their bullpen. They've got the offense. I just want to know what their pitching yeah. is going to look like. Phillies have a shot at this, so I can see why people are, are really optimistic about this team. You just got to, obviously, not counting for injury or something wacky happening with pitching, they've got a shot here. I really do believe that people are right to have a lot more optimism, and in six months, if the Phillies completely have crashed and burned, I'm going to look like a fool saying this, but I think they do have a shot at actually getting in there and getting a chance at the postseason. Yeah, Jay, like I talked about with James, I felt good about the trajectory of the Phillies after last season, and that was before they made some of these offseason moves. So I think a lot of reason, justified reasons for optimism. And, you know, the Phillies, obviously rooting for them is one thing, and whenever you come down to a game at Citizens Bank Park, you want to see them do well and win. But baseball, unlike the other sports, it's also about the experience, especially for families. And the Phillies do such an amazing job at creating these memories and outstanding experiences at Citizens Bank Park. I had a chance to chat with Dave Buck. He's the Phillies Executive Vice President about what the Phillies have in store for the atmosphere down at Citizens Bank Park this year. I know you've been here for so long. Do you have a favorite opening day memory? I, I mean, you're going <laughs> to... Obviously, 2009, we're coming back as World Series champs. I've been here... This is my 36th opener. Wow. And my record is 12-23. and 23. So I don't, I don't, I don't have great opener memories except for for those, and I think today's going to be one too. Because it's one thing if you get a great day for weather, which you guys have, and it's opening day, but the excitement around the team this season, it's really at a different level. It it, it certainly is. It's the most excited I've been since 2011, because 2012 Ryan Ryan Howard still had the torn Achilles, so 2011. So it's been 10 years, and when we got Schwarber, I was very excited. I thought we were done. I was told we were done. And then, like, 36 hours later, we have uh, Castellanos, and now it's, like, crazy. Obviously, the experience down here is second to none. And you mentioned Ryan Howard. I wanted to ask you about this. You guys have Colby Southern Kissed Chicken in the ballpark this season. That's got to be such a kick for you guys to be able to work with a former player, Ryan Howard, in helping develop the new food concept for the park. Very much so. And, and you want to do as many local things as you can. 
And the funny story with Ryan, we asked him to do a favor and uh, uh, MC the Police Athletic League event last year, and he and Jimmy did it. And when he said yes, he goes, well, I think you're going to serve my chicken next year. <laughs> we would have anyway, of course, but it was just kind of neat. So we knew we had that. Manco and Manco. Uh, the, I was talking to Chuck the other day, yesterday, and he had 280,000 comments on his Facebook page after he announced oh it here. Gosh. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I was going to say just on the street, hearing people talk about it and seeing the reaction on social media, the response to Mac on Mac was fantastic. Yeah. How do you guys go about curating these partnerships? Because it is so nostalgic and nice to be able to come here and yeah, you get your, your traditional ballpark food and concessions, but there's that local touch. And and that's important. And it's it's when we started this in 04, we were doing it that way. And we named everything like, you know, South Street Creamery or Rittenhouse Pizza, whatever. And, and then we started branching out and getting more. We have local, a lot of local beers here, a lot under the Budweiser umbrella, but a lot of local, uh, local beers. Uh, Chicky and Pete's is great. Um, so you just you call up the company. We work with Aramark very closely and our guys and our, our advertising guys because you got to kind of combine the two. And when a company like Manco Manco is ecstatic, he's ecstatic, it works out really well. I myself am a beer man. My wife is more of a liquor lady. Clear, gluten-free rum. Okay. Tell me about this. So I met the guy the other day at the, pre- at the press conference. He's a dentist by trade, and he, ha- he now has 200 dentists working for him. Like, he has a big business. And he goes, I'm tired of being a dentist. And so he loves rum, and he started this local business because it's clear rum with a K. We're, they're going to do the K counter in the outfield. Oh, and, and so it's their sign with a K, and then we'll have a whole bunch of Ks lined up. And I think we're going to pick a fan each game to be the K guy. Oh, tremendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I haven't obviously been in the stadium yet, but we're sitting right outside the main entrance, and I love how there's the ring the bell sign above the entrance, but then there's a red line through ring, and it says smash. Smash the bell. The bell's going to be active this season, I think. The brand-new bell (laughs) with 26,000 brand-new LED lights. Uh, We stayed late on on Wednesday night to watch it work. Like, during the national anthem, it'll be red, white, and blue. I mean, it's going to be really cool, and I do think it's going to get a workout. Some fans, by the time they're hearing this, opening day will probably have passed or it's ongoing. This weekend, you guys get things started. There's obviously the promotional schedule, which is always great. What are some of the highlights for you? What are some of your favorite things in the promotional schedule? But even even early, like Saturday, tomorrow, right? Today's Friday, right? Tomorrow. Hard to keep track. Uh, Bryce Harper. We're looking at the giant uh, picture of Bryce Harper. He gets his MVP award, and Mike Schmidt's going to give it to him um, when he runs out. Uh, this is a secret, but when he runs out the right field, we're going to unveil a giant banner just the first time he runs out there because, you know, he always bows into right field. Uh, Sunday is a kids' opening day by Cavity Busters. So it's just things are just lined up very well right now. Dave, appreciate the time. Congrats. Very excited for this. Have a great season. Thank you very much. It's going to be fun. That's Philly's Executive Vice President Dave Buck. And, and Brian, again, you look, you're having, like, a ton of fun down there. Quick question just overall. What is it looking like out there right now? What's kind of the vibe of South Philly? So we're a little more than two hours before first pitch, and I see some people walking around with beverages in their hands. The Toyota parking lot across from me on Citizens Bank Way is filling up. Um, Xfinity Live, a huge crowd over there. Listen, I think it's just great, especially as we heard from some of the fans earlier. The big themes, big picture themes for this is, right, there's a baseball game, but it's so nice to be out and about, great weather, seeing people come together, being together after what's 
gone on with the pandemic the last two years and how kind of like divided society is. This is something, at least for Philadelphians, that everyone can get behind. Opening day, Philadelphia Phillies and the promise of 2022. And thankfully, the weather has also cooperated, too, after how it's been around here yes. the last couple of days. You can, of course, follow coverage of the Phillies all season long over at Sports Radio 94 WIP and including on the High Hopes podcast. That's here on the Odyssey app or just about wherever you get your podcast. But that's it for today. Enjoy opening day. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. Go Phils.